Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are back hoping to hear from Richard Pitino any minute now. In the meantime, Sid, I know you want to say something about your friends at Starkey. I have a bad hearing problem, but it's solved by Starkey. Uh, you got to go to Starkey and Eden Prairie if you have an Eden if you have a hearing problem, and they will. Definitely solve it for you. Try Starkey if you have a hearing problem. All right, Mike, uh, we were uh, hoping to talk uh, go for basketball here, but obviously there's a huge Viking coming up kickoff uh, a little less than an hour for yeah. right now. I-, I like it as an opener, home opener. It's a decent team, not a great team that they're playing. Yeah, and uh, kind of interesting the way that they're built. Uh, Atlanta's got uh, five first-round draft picks on their offensive line. The Vikings have one first-round pick on offense. Did you know that? And, and, and that's Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, they're sending this. this yeah, no, no, they just signed uh, uh, the kid for, that they, you know, from uh, Washington. They got cut yeah, who, who may get some action today, yeah. uh, depending on the uh, but injury in ta- situation. And talking to Vikings people deep on the inside, that, that uh, the game plan, they, they really believe, and Julio Jones has been in his own set of issues, not Antonio Brown-like, but he's, you know, uh, in Atlanta. Got a nice but contract. They, yeah, <laughs> but it, they really believe that uh, it, it it's going to be Matt Ryan trying to isolate Jones against Rhodes and see how Rhodes responds early. Is he, is he up for the challenge or not? And and that's going to determine their entire offense as to whether or not they have to bring a safety over. All those things, I'm told, comes down to they assume that Ryan is going to try to toy with Xavier Rhodes and find out. Because Xavier is one of those guys, he's kind of either engaged or he's not. And if he's not, it can be tough. And, and and Ryan is obviously at, at minimum, uh, he's a master. You know, he, he's a mastermind kind of a quarterback that loves those matchups. But that's what the Vikings are anticipating right now. By the way, Sid and I did several interviews during the week of Vikings players and whatnot. But we've got a technical malfunction, right. so we can't play that. So if people are wondering about a Viking. We we interviewed several people: Delvin Cook, Everson Griffin, on and on. We just can't play them for you because we got a, we got a malfunction. And let me build on that, Mike. Uh, we've not invited uh, callers in today because those those computer problems we're having also extend to, to that. So we've been somewhat limited in what we could do today. Sid, your thoughts on today's Vikings? game well i'll tell you what watching that green bay bear game scared me about the vikings because rogers looked better than ever and uh, the bears weren't very good on the basis what the two teams played the other night the vikings ought to be able to handle them but they gotta play a, a lot better than they played last year the offensive line will find out about them today this Ryan is a great quarterback, and he rolls out, and we'll see how the defense, Viking defense, can handle Ryan. Uh, don't forget that they were almost in the Super Bowl two years ago, or three years ago, and they, it'll be That's a tough the game. 
All right, Mike, uh, I watched the different Bears-Packer game than Sid Mustafa. Well, I never heard so many people complain about it being a snoozer. Have you? Oh, I, I, boy, I just, I, I, that's the reaction I had not heard before. I, yeah, I, I, thought I, both teams I didn't hear anybody terrible. come away saying, boy, those guys really look good offensively. One of the big takeaways I thought was real justified criticism of not playing your, your first-team players at all or very limited in, in the entire preseason, and they looked, they looked out of sync on both sides of the ball, and, the ball. in that game. And I thought Trubisky, the way he's progressing, would be a – I thought this could be kind of one of those breakout nights for him, and he wasn't even close. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, Rodgers, you know, he still manages a good game, uh, but they didn't give him much. And that's – you know, I was talking to Delvin Cook this week, and there was a lot of you know, conversation about whether or not Delvin Cook would play during the preseason. He played just enough that he feels good going in. Right. You know, and he broke the long one, which helps a lot. But you remember a couple of years ago, Adrian Peterson didn't play at all during the preseason. Can't risk injury. He always had a tough time out of the gate. He, he wasn't the same for a bit. It wasn't as sharp. It wasn't as crisp. He hadn't been hit. Uh, and, and I think there's really something to that. You know, take that a step further. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, their starting pitchers never pitched in spring training. Yep. And, and they've not, they haven't gotten on track this year. They've struggled with it. No, it's been, it's an interesting angle. I think that angle will play itself out over the first couple of weeks. I'm kind of eager to see this game this afternoon to see if we, if we what we see in terms of that element uh, in today's game because on Thursday both teams looked totally out of sync. They were rusty. They were guys running the wrong way. Uh, big gaps. Uh, people shoot. I, I was impressed with the Packers defense. I thought the Packers defense yeah, yeah. was better than I was prepared to think. Yeah, and you're, you're trying to go. Are, are they good? Are the Bears? Because I didn't see the Packers to be very good. Sid, you, you dealt with a lot of players in your day back in the Laker days. What would you have done with Antonio Bryant, uh, the problems that he was given um, in, in Oakland? And obviously, if Gruden and Mayock can't handle him, uh, they shipped him. And next thing you know, Bill Belichick's got him signed up in New England. Mayo Clinic? No. What, um, Good the, luck, the, Mike. The, the Antonio Bryant, the great receiver. Antonio Brown, I'm sorry. Antonio Brown. Brown, the great receiver. Oakland Raiders cut him, and the New England Patriots signed him. What was your thoughts on that? The Vikings today? No, and, and, and Antonio Brown, the receiver for the Oakland Raiders, yeah, got cut, and the Patriots signed him. Yeah, were you surprised by that? Very surprised that Oakland, Oakland re, re instated him, and then he cut him out. I was surprised that Oakland let him go, and I wasn't surprised that New England picked him up right away. Because they want to win, and they want to, they know how to win. So it's a bad break for Oakland, and a, ba- a bad break for uh, uh, a good break for Patriots. It'll be interesting. He can't play. He was not going to play today, but he'll play next week. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But who was surprised? Somebody picks him up. The Patriots have got oh. such a history of that. I mean, there are people even, you know, there's conspiracy theories. Oh, I don't believe that for a minute. Over. The Patriots have been involved in a conspiracy, Mike. How can you suggest such a thing? You just keep acting up till they cut you, and then we got, here's this 10 million. <laughs> That's 10 million guaranteed, yep. I believe it is. And here's the deal. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Sid, uh, final thoughts on that? On the Brown team? Yeah. Well, I just can't figure that out. When you have good players, you keep them, and they have not won at all in recent years. And they let it go. A good player like him, it's hard to be. Well, when a guy can, wants can I have out, one Mike? more baseball thought before you guys yeah, go you off bet. to the, the football game? Because uh, you talk about that with Antonio Brown. I just wonder, with the Twins and, and the run support that they, they have provided this year, 
if this offseason, if a free agent pitcher that maybe hasn't looked at him before, I mean, Dave, this has got to be an appetizing place to take a peek at, doesn't it? Because they've always had a tough time getting that ace. You know? Like you're eavesdropping on the conversation I had with somebody absolutely yesterday on that very same topic. You know pitchers have never looked seriously at this. I, I was naive enough to think they had a shot at Verlander. Well, they, they didn't. But I do think, based on the offensive production the lineup they've got and how much fun it is to play for Rocco, that pitchers who in the past would not have had Minnesota on their short list would say, well, I might be willing to go to Minnesota and, and get a, a spot in a starting rotation with a very good baseball team. I think that's a good observation. On that, we're going to need to get out of here, so uh, uh, clear the way for Mike to finish things up. Yeah, Dave St. Peter, Pete Nigerian, still to come. All right, sounds good. Uh, I'm sure people want to stay tuned for that. We are out of here, and you're listening to Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Dave St. Peter, president of the Minnesota Twins, joining us as they prepare for Sid Harmon was supposed to be here for this segment, Dave, but then somebody texted him and they said the, the free buffet at the uh, Vikings is closing in 15 minutes, and I've, I, I, I never seen him run so fast. Well, I'm not surprised, Mike. You know, we, uh, we're going to miss him here at Target Field today, but maybe you'll try to do a doubleheader, what, what have you. So. Okay, yeah. Now, you guys, there's a little rain, but it doesn't look like it's going to impact the game near as we can tell, right? Yeah, we expect to play, Mike. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful we're going to start on time. Um, but as you know, obviously the game is, is of huge magnitude, and Cleveland doesn't want to uh, – they're, they're going on the road tomorrow. Tonight, actually, to go to play in Anaheim tomorrow, so there's really not another option to play this thing tomorrow. So we're going to we're gonna play this game today, and I'm hopeful we're going to start on time at 1 o'clock. You've had a few games this year that you've had to delay or whatever. Uh, what are those discussions like? Is it fast and furious? Is, it, is there one point person at Major League Baseball and the two teams sit with him? What happens? Well, MLB has actually revised their process in recent years, and I think it's much better. Uh, uh, it used to be one person that you would deal with, and all 30 clubs would deal with them. So on any given day, there could be you know, three or four scenarios sure. playing out with one individual. Now there's more of a command center. Um, we track it uh, a day or two in advance, and then obviously uh, the day of a game, uh, we're already in contact. Now the reality of it is we're trying to predict the weather, so you know, good luck there. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of discussions that take place with the league, uh, at some point, there's discussions that take place with the Players Association, obviously both managers. Um, Derek Falvey, myself, our head of operations, Matt Hoy, plays points for the Twins. So uh, it's just part of our reality. It's funny. When we moved from the Metrodome to Target Field, Mike, for 28 years, nobody from the Twins had to really ever worry about weather. And, and it was kind of an eye-opener for me in 2010. It's like, wow, this is, uh, this is uh, intense, and it can play a factor, not just for, for your team, but ultimately for fans. Yeah, so it's just it, one of the it's just one of the things that you deal with in outdoor baseball. Yeah, and 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 obviously fans want to know as soon as they can uh, when Correct. it is and, and what it is. And and today'd be a good example if you know it's going to be light rain. You go, okay, that's going to yeah. it looks like it's going to get out of here pretty soon. Uh, we're just fine. Uh, but the fans have been something. You know that on, on Friday night out there. Uh, that was, you know, coming off that road trip, all those things, was about a perfect night of baseball. Maybe because, you know, the, 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 Cleveland was coming to town, but the Twins really had the big lead and all those things. Uh, it, it, it felt so good and so right. But you really learn to appreciate those nights, don't you? Yeah, it was gorgeous here Friday. And even last night was really generally pretty pleasant. Had a little bit of a, a fall bite in the air. But um, it's been great. You know, obviously Target Field's been buzzing all year. Um, particularly from the middle of part of May on. Uh, I think it's the place to be again in this town, and uh, we're excited about that, uh, not only for this year, but for what it'll mean for, for the next couple of years with the core group of this team generally uh, intact to come back. People may forget this, but back in the spring, you played 640 weekday games, and that's coming back this week. Uh, explain that theory and how it went in the spring. 
Well, we made a decision a year ago to, to, to try 640 starts in, in for April, May, and September midweek night games. And the response we got this spring was very favorable uh, from fans, uh, from media, from uh, players, uh, our coaching staff, visiting teams. So uh, that comes back, you're right, this week, Mike, with the, with the uh, Washington Nationals coming in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, the return of Brian Dozier. And the Nationals, one of the red-hot teams in the National League, and we're going to first pitch at 640 for those games as well as the White Sox games the following week. So I think it's here to stay. We, we, we're going to go with the same thing next year, April, May, September, midweek night games. Uh, feel like the summertime games, once school's out, starting at 7 is, is probably still the right answer, but the 640 starts have been popular. Yeah, I see uh, Detroit's going to it as well, which means 540 game time uh, if, if, yeah. you're, if you're playing in Detroit this time of year. Yeah, you're right about that. And, you know, obviously the time zone piece, that, that makes a difference. It probably makes it more difficult for our fans to track those games, uh, get home from work, be able to, 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 to watch. Maybe I'm not sure how it impacts on radio. But, yeah, that's a factor. I think you're seeing it in other markets. And it's a, I think it's a family-friendly uh, 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 element. And it's probably also in some ways a product of just the length of these games. Do you get a really good idea of where all your clientele comes from? I mean, downtown Minneapolis, that you know, they might live somewhere else, but they're coming after work from downtown. And I mean, how, how scientific can you guys get with that? Well, much more than we used to, Mike. It's one of those things that we're working really hard to, to go even deeper on, understanding you know where fans are coming from, how they're getting to the ballpark, uh, how often they're coming, uh, what they like to eat and drink when they come into the ballpark, mm-hmm. all of those things in terms of a – uh, really, in some ways, a customized experience, which we'd like to deliver for each of our fans. So we have a lot more data on our season ticket members than we would say a single game fan. But, you know, we're pushing towards that, as is every professional sports team or entertainment venue. And um, I, I can tell you that Twins baseball remains very much a regional play, whereas the majority of our fans come from the Metro. Don't don't mistake the support that you see from greater Minnesota through the Dakotas, northern Iowa, and western Wisconsin. That's always going to be a strength of this franchise, and it remains there t- t- today. Yeah, and, and they'll come for, I mean, it's it's all different audiences, but they'll, they'll come and plan a weekend around us so they can take in a couple of games. No doubt, no doubt. And you see that primarily Memorial Day through Labor Day. Um, in September, I think we're a little bit more Metro-focused, but this team's uh, popularity across the region remains very, very strong, as is, as is very similar to the Vikings. To some extent, I think you see that with the Timberwolves and the Wild as well. The the North Dakota State played a football game here last week. They played very, very well, by the way. But uh, still some <laughs> markings left on the field. But overall, how did it play and what, what, what was your takeaway? Yeah, I think the field looks great. I think it's pretty limited. It's actually better. It looks better today than it did coming out of the St. Thomas, St. John's game. Uh, Larry DeVito and our grounds crew, they do a tremendous job. Um, and I, I, cannot un, uh, I cannot emphasize just the amount of work that goes into taking out the mound and then putting it back in and just making sure that that playing field on Friday night was was up to major league standards and then some. And uh, we haven't had any issues from our players, from the visiting team. Um, and, uh, you know, football atmosphere here for the NDSU game was great. Uh, I know for the folks that follow that, that team, it was a uh, it was a special day, and the Twins were honored to host it. And we'll look to, to, to 
do more football in the future. We think it's a fun venue, and we think that there's a, an appetite for it. Yeah, I was going to say, NDSU, and you're UND, I know, but NDSU is something else, and, and, and they travel well, and obviously they had a the great day. The kid from Marshall, the quarterback, Lance, was outstanding. Uh, everything that you'd want. Uh, but but what happens after this? Is it regional teams? That, you know, everybody's got to factor in if they give up a home gate, but, but what do they get in return because they've got a, a alumni base here and all those things. Are, are there lots of football teams that reach out to you? Well, we've had some discussions. Yeah, I mean, it's a high-profile stage. And don't 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 forget that NDSU recruits heavily in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. metropolitan area, as does South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota, Northern Iowa. Um, there's a lot of schools that I think have interest in it. I think the question is going to be right to your point, Mike. Are they going to be willing, from a competitive perspective, to give up a home game? Because NDSU gave up a home game, but let's be honest, it was a non-conference game. They were playing Butler. Um, and they were made whole on the, on the, on the gate relative to what they would have had at the Fargo Dome. So I think the economics is the easy part of that. I think the challenge is, is some of these coaches and some of these schools giving up a home gate for just their traditions on campus, as well as what that, uh, that competitive advantage could be. Ideally, we play football in November and, uh, that outside of the baseball window, but, but getting games in that, in that spot of, of the calendar. Um, maybe a challenge, but we've had some dialogue. We'll continue to have dialogue with some of those regional schools, hoping to try to find the right regional matchup. Uh, the other thing you can talk about right now, and I, I, some say it's superstitious, I don't think it is, but postseason tickets people are interested in because there's a really good chance the Twins are in the yeah. postseason. And obviously scenarios have to play out as to where you end up seated and all those things, but but what what's the latest on that and, and, and what can people look for? Well, up until this point, Mike, all of our season ticket members have had a chance to buy their seats. So that process is just now winding down. Um, actually, I believe it's Thursday, uh, September the 12th. Uh, fans will have the first chance to buy the Division Series uh, uh, ticket strips, um, along with ALCS World Series strips. So that general public on sale, I believe, will be on Thursday. We'll be announcing that in the next day or so. And then there will be op- opportunities specific to the Division Series uh, a week later on the 19th. So look for that information. and. Obviously, we've got tickets to sell. Our season ticket holders stepped up in a big way, but there will be seats available, and fans will have their first chance, the general public, so to speak, starting on Thursday. Do you control the pricing? Of the, every market's different, but is there a standardized pricing for playoff baseball because Major League Baseball steps in, or do the local markets get uh, get a say? It's a Major League Baseball event, and uh, I can tell you that they control the pricing. That doesn't mean we don't have a healthy level of conversations with them, as does every market around what's appropriate. So uh, I, I think we had landed in a really good spot relative to the other teams in the postseason, our market size and, and, and kind of our standard pricing here. So we're on the lower tier of, of ticket prices uh, for this year's postseason entrance if we're fortunate enough to get there. and I think that's good news for our fans. Last question, I had Toby Gardner on the other night in the East Coast, uh, managing down there in, in Fort Myers at the Gulf Coast. They shut that down uh, with the hurricane. Have you have you had over the years a lot of implications because of weather like that down there? Yeah, we've had a, we've had a couple different instances where Fort Myers and, the, and, and that Gulf Coast side has been really impacted, Mike, by 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 hurricanes. And obviously, we have a significant investment there, not just in terms of people, but also facilities, and work very closely with Lee County. Our academy actually this this last week was turned into a, a kind of a, a base camp for uh, for FEMA and the National Guard in terms really? of servicing the other side of uh, Florida. So we actually part not only evacuated our players, but then we ultimately allowed uh, first responders and, and again the National Guard and others to utilize our academy there at Fort Myers. We've done that before, and think it's the right thing to do in terms of the public investment facility. It's really 
an important part of the relationship with Lee County. Yeah, that's pretty cool to do that. Once they get some of that food that you guys serve, they're not going to want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is we evacuated the chef, Mike. So okay. <laughs> there isn't any of that food there left for those guys. But they bring their own, and they do a great job. We've had a good relationship. But, yeah, we, we, we deal with those, and it's unfortunate. Thankfully, um, you know, the, the loss of life hasn't been as significant maybe as it was, but it's, it, what's happened in the Bahamas is – is, uh, is is tragic, and uh, we're all thinking and praying for those folks. For sure. Dave, thank you so much. We'll see you at the ballpark today, and we'll stay in touch. All right, Mike. Take care. Bye-bye. Dave, Dave St. Peter, President of Minnesota Twins. Pete Nigerian talking Gophers and Vikings when we come back. The sports huddle, Sid Hartman and Dave Mona have departed. We've got the tracker on them. They are approaching a U.S. Bank Stadium as we speak. There is a uh, contingency of security waiting for them there. They will whisk them away. Uh, they go code red up a back elevator. And then uh, depending on who's there, Sid will generally try to get to the front of the buffet line. And, and this is where things always get interesting, especially the first game, the first home game of the Minnesota Vikings season. So we'll try to keep you updated on that as well. Sports title, Pete Nigerian talking Vikings and Gophers next. 11.35 and change. It is a football baseball Sunday here on CCO. Football actually started earlier this morning when the Gophers beat Fresno State. Joining us right now, a guy that can talk about both. Pete Nigerian, how are you? Always good to visit with you. Oh, man, it's always fun to join you, Maxie, and I, I've heard it's already been a pretty lively show, so I'm excited to join you. Yeah, Sid's, uh, <laughs> Sid's in a race to the buffet table right now, so that's a... <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't That's miss. He couldn't miss that, man. Hey, this Gopher game last night was something else, and and yeah. it's hard to come up with a takeaway. It was it was a great win for them. Uh, a lot of the, their weaknesses were exposed. Uh, Fresno State's a competitive, good team. Give me a takeaway. I guess my takeaway is they offensively. I felt like they improved on the offensive line. That doesn't mean that I thought they were great. I think they improved, though. Tanner Morgan not throwing an interception. That was a good thing as well. I think he's looking a little bit more crisp each week, and he's going to have to improve, obviously, the closer we get to the Big Ten. But, you know, Maxie, my, my takeaway was the three fumbles really uh, – that, that really gave the opportunity for Fresno to be in the game. It felt like to me that we were the better team – but those kind of mistakes and a lot of penalties, something that's not really uh, something that, that we see out of a P.J. Fleck coach team. Yeah, m- m- uh, dumb penalties, too, on both sides, by the way. But the Gophers have just uh, uh, historically been really good in that area. Yeah, the fact that we had seven penalties yesterday, I mean, that that's normally something that you just don't see. You know, I know what they preach over there at the campus over there about discipline, doing the right thing. Don't give somebody something that they don't need. And it felt like we just sort of fell back a little bit in that category. I still think the running game looks great. I mean, Ibrahim, I think, looked so quick and so strong running between the tackles. He did just an outstanding job. And I love our receivers. Uh, Tyler Johnson's not seeing the ball as much, but as they sort of focus on him, Rashad Bateman has looked absolutely spectacular, I think. His speed showed up. <laughs> that, that is something you just don't see very often as, as, to the level that I think he brings us with the Golden Gophers. I think it's a really, really outstanding. That tag team of, of wide receivers really is good. Yeah. That's something that I think plays out in the Big Ten, too, not just these sort of column, almost preseason games that we're playing now. Yeah, Autumn Bell and, and Demetrius Douglas, they really are fortified there. Now, so if you're playing the Gophers uh, in the Big Ten, I would think you'd line it up with as many in the box as, as you can. And, and, and if, you, if you've got talented corners, you try to make them beat you that way. They, they kept talking last night, the commentators, about how they didn't take shots down the middle of the field do you think that's something the gophers don't do well or is that something you go hey they're taking that away 
I think the Gophers were just taking – they're taking it away, and I think the Gophers did a good job. I, I really did think Tanner Morgan stepped up considerably from the previous week. And actually, it was just it was just the first half, I, I would say, of, of, of game one against South Dakota State. But I'll tell you what, you, you do take what they give you, and you, you, you either attack with the run or you attack with the pass. And if they're, if they're putting you in a position to do that, that's exactly what you need to do. I, I think our wide receivers did a great job, I think, we're looking to get that ball to the tight end a little bit more, which I like as well. So, you know, discipline, that, that stood out for me. The, the fact that we didn't have that discipline, I'd like to see the offensive line look even more aggressive. We ran the ball pretty well. I wouldn't say we ran the ball great, and that's a Fresno State team that, as good as they might supposedly be, this is a team that lost to USC, who wasn't, well, I don't think USC this year is all that good, to be honest with you. And, and now they lose again. So I'm not sure this is the Fresno State team of last year. Obviously, they're 0-2 now. But I'll tell you, um, I, I think we've really got to keep improving. And, and, you know, Georgia Southern is a decent opponent. It's going to test our defense pretty big this coming week. Well, and, and now, you know, what's even more confusing is look around the Big Ten and try to figure this thing out right now. Huh? With <laughs> Michigan going double overtime and uh, mm-hmm. Nebraska fighting a way to lose, uh, yep. I didn't think they could lose that game, Pete. No, that that was a, that was a shame because my household, you know, we're a little bit. Yeah. I have to, I have to lean a little to Nebraska because my daughter went to school there, and I, I've become really good friends again with Tom Osborne. But yeah, that was that was a surprise. You know, the the first half, Nebraska was up seventeen to nothing. They looked like they were going to run away with this thing, and then they they found ways to lose. And it's it's unfortunate that's not something you would have expected out of Scott Frost. You would have expected him to put the pedal to the metal yep. and keep that pressure on. Yep. They didn't do that. I'll tell you the surprise team to me, Maxie. How about Maryland? Have you Oof. watched these guys? Forget week one. They didn't, you know, they played Howard or whoever it was, and they put up a lot of points. But they put a whipping on a Syracuse team that last year won 10 games and this year was expected, their rank was expected to be great. They had 42 points in the first half. Now, that offense is unbelievable at Maryland right now, and I think it's going to be – you know, when, you, when, we, when we start off the season, we say, well, Ohio State, Michigan, these teams, that team. Ohio State's still in there. I'm not so sure about Michigan right now, but Maryland might be one of the sleepers, I think, coming out of the East. Well, and Maryland, I think, lost one of their good receivers before the season, the injury. And if you remember, remember last year, Ohio State, they had them beat. And Ohio yeah. State, uh, I can't remember if they stopped the two-point conversion or the kid dropped the ball or something, but it, it was, uh, uh, they were coming. They were heading in that direction. Yeah, well, they got that transfer quarterback, Josh Jackson, who came from Virginia Tech. And I'll tell you what, he gets rid of the ball quick. They have so much speed on the outside. And this coach, Mike Loxley, uh, you can't say enough about this guy. He's been at Maryland before. He was at Alabama the last couple of years as the offensive coordinator. And, wow, did it show who he is and the kind of offense he wants to play with Maryland. It was it was really I, – I had a lot of fun watching that game because I've watched Maryland for a lot of years wondering why they aren't better with all the talent that they have. Well, you know, Stephon Diggs came out of there. I'll yep. tell you what, they've got a lot of talent this year too, and they've got a, they've got a quarterback who's going to get the ball to the right guys. Pete Nigerian, we're about T-minus uh, 20 minutes away from the Minnesota Vikings opening the season against the Atlanta Falcons. And it's always fun this first game because, you know, the preseason you see a few things, but you have no idea schematically what a team's really thinking. And the sophistication of the NFL never ceases to amaze me in terms of we're not really sure. Uh, We know the Vikings are going to be committed to run the ball. We don't exactly know what that means. We know they're going to try to uh, maybe blitz a little bit more with Matt Ryan today, et cetera, et cetera, but we don't really know. What do you, as you look at this one, give me, give me a forecast just specific to today. 
Well, yeah, and you, you just brought up the key element, I think, Matt Ryan. They've got to get pressure on him because, you know, the problem we have right now is I think our corners are very good, but we're missing Hughes still. Waynes and Rhodes, I think, are great. I think Alexander's very good as well. But when you look across and you see Ridley and Sanu and, and obviously Julio Jones, and they got a great tight end in Austin Hooper, I think that Atlanta's offense is spectacular. I, I think the Viking offense, however, could really exploit the, the lack of any size at all on the Atlanta defense. They're extremely athletic. I, I love what they've got, but they don't have much size at all, Max. You look at their two defensive ends that weigh about 245 pounds. Devondre Campbell, who's a great golden gopher linebacker, yeah. plays for them. But those linebackers, not a one of them weighs more than 230 pounds. If I'm the Vikings and I'm seeing that, why wouldn't I go with what I'd expect to see anyway, which would be a lot of two tight end sets, and let's just run the football. we got a first-round draft pick in the offensive line right there, dead center, with Garrett Bradbury. Why not just jam the football down them and make them stop us? And then occasionally, obviously, that sets up the play action for, her, for Cousins. I, I can see a lot of really good things for us to start off the season going up against that defense. If we do the right thing, if we start to pass real early just because we just feel like, well, we gave all this money to Kirk Cousins, we got to continue to throw the ball, I think that's going to be a huge mistake. Yeah, I think Mike Zimmer has no interest in that. I think he just he, – he is a Big Ten kind of football coach, yeah. you know, and, and, and he just – it drives him nuts when you can't run the football. I ran into Kyle Rudolph yesterday at the – Pancake house out there is pregame BL. We're just talking a little bit about getting ready for game one. And it's funny how those veterans have you know, such a much more relaxed approach than the, the younger guys that are, that are getting ready for it. Uh, Antonio uh, Brown, obviously, that situation in, in Oakland now. He ends up a New England Patriot. Give me your take on it. And, and why, why are wide receivers always so hard to keep happy? You know, that part I can't answer other than they all want the ball. Yeah. They're always, always, they're always open. They're right? always they open. Come the, they come up to the quarterback in the huddle, they always say, hey, man, I'm open. But, uh, you know, he's a very unique case. I, I have never seen somebody at the level of, you know, <laughs> I hate the word, but diva, like, like what he's actually pressed himself towards. And, you know, some of it, Maxie, you almost wonder, has this whole thing been almost choreographed? I don't know. I, I know it sounds like such a, a terrible conspiracy theory, but he wanted to go to the New England Patriots. They sent him to the Oakland Raiders. Then he has the foot issue. Then he has the helmet issue. Then he has all of these others. And then he, then he puts the stuff up in social media that he did. And then they suspend him. All of that. And where does what team picks him up right out of the gate as soon as he's free? The New England Patriots. Give him $15 bucks. I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but there's a lot that could be said. If I was the NFL, I'd certainly be looking into Drew Rosenhaus and try to find out you know, how this whole thing happened quite as quickly as it did. I, it, it seems odd, but at the same time, I think a lot of these things are, are who Antonio Brown is. I mean, I've, I've watched him enough to know he, he is probably the most talented receiver in the NFL, I would say right now. But do you want him on your team if he is the cancer that he appears to be at Pittsburgh, obviously at Oakland? Um, you know, but New England manages to do this a lot. Where yeah, they got a guy from money. Oakland named Randy Moss. People forget that's where he came from to New England. <laughs> that's right. But I think people oftentimes just forget how somehow Bill Belichick, it might only last a year, but he can get a guy to play. And it's just been part of the magic of what they are. are they, as long as they've got Tom Brady, they, they seem to be able to rotate in receivers and running backs and even offensive linemen, and it doesn't seem to ever cause them to, to fall back at all. If anything, it seems to elevate their game. And, 
you know, I'll tell you what, I know he's not playing today or uh, for, for Oakland tomorrow, rather, but I think it's going to be a really interesting match. And his talent level is unbelievable. And I don't know that Tom's seen anything since Randy Moss like what he's going to see in Antonio Brown. John Gruden, you know, could he have handled that situation any different? Do you think that he's got a lot of game left as a coach? <laughs> I think he's a nut. <laughs> I really do. You know, I know the Gruden brothers pretty well, and, and John Gruden—he's a great guy, but but he's a bit crazy. And yeah. if you watch Hard Knocks, you get a good sense of what I'm talking about. I mean, he's he's a different kind of guy. I do like the fact that he's a players' coach, and 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 the players always have loved John wherever he's coached, whether it's Oakland or Tampa, wherever it might be. But he is an amazing guy. He's a different guy. Um, I still think when I look at that team, though, Maxie, they've got a lot of talent. They really do. And, and, and Oakland could be a pretty interesting team this year, even without Antonio Brown. But, uh, you know, that's up to John Gruden if, if he can keep it uh, the way it needs to be. That's a different league. Where they play right now is so different than where we play in the NFC North, where you watch the Bears and the Packers just the other night. It is a blue-collar conference hmm. that we are sitting in, where we are. So it's far different from where he is out there in Oakland and the kinds of teams that they'll be playing against this year. Last question. Adrian Peterson is a healthy scratch today for the first time in his NFL career for the Washington Redskins. Uh, you know, you, 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 I, I hate to think that we're on the verge of watching, uh, you know, uh, what could have been a, a wonderful career and rest of his life um, go in the tank just because it, you know, financially and, and what he did. You are a financial guy as well. Yeah. Uh, we see this. We we go. How could it happen? He's made a hundred million, etc. Give me your take. Is because the NFL does all kinds of things too for these players if they want to access it. Yeah. Is there anything that could be done so that these guys can see thirty years down the road? Well, I think the NFL has been trying, Maxie. Now, there's a lot of different elements to that whole thing in terms yeah. of the legal side. They don't want to, the NFL does not want to be recommending anything to any of these players because then that puts them under a situation where they might be seen as, well, you are a contributor to this whole thing. Yep. So they want to educate these guys. They should be educating a lot of these players, especially these young guys when they come into so much money that. They, you know, everybody wants to think that this is like any other career, and it's not. It's a three-year, five-year, six-year. Then there's the Tom Brady's of the world that everybody talks about. But really, when you still look at the average NFL player, it's probably three to five years at the at the high end for the average guy, and and the money that they make there is extraordinary now. Even the low end guys, but they've they've got to understand that that will probably, in most cases, never be seen again. Those kind of numbers will never be seen again. No, you've got to really be special to duplicate that. Right. So they've got – I think the NFL's done a good job. I don't think they've done a great job, but I think they continue to try to figure out how they can do this. I've spoke to teams. I've spoken to the New York Jets and the Giants about financial and, 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 and how you need to look ahead and not re- and realize that it's not just the now, it's the forever. And if you've got $100 million, like we're talking about here with mm. Adrian Peterson, how do you go through that? It's easier than it sounds, Maxie. It really is I know. easier than it sounds to go through that money. And unfortunately, the guys who you know uh, make $10 million in their career, that's a lot of money for anybody in, in a lifetime. But if you do it properly, if you save and if you do all the right things tax-wise and everything else, then they actually have a great ability to have a great secondary life. But unfortunately, too many guys are spending all that money. And they, here's the one thing I'll, I'll leave you with on that. They, when they make, let's say, $10 million in their career, they really didn't make $10 million. They forget about taxes. So they really made closer to five. And that's, 
that's where I like to start with these guys. Whenever they tell me about their contracts, I say, yeah, you signed three years, $40 million. What does that mean? They say $40 million. I say, no, it doesn't. You're basically $20 million because you're forgetting taxes. But they're spending as if they've got $40 million, and that's, that's unfortunately the biggest problem that these guys run into is they just don't know, and you can't blame them for that, but somehow there's got to be a way to educate these guys better. Great stuff, Pete. Appreciate it very much. We'll talk soon. Always fun, Maxie. Take care, and let's go, Vikes. You got it, Pete Nigerian. Uh, we got to do a show where we just, because he can talk about money and football. And we can go, just go back and forth on it because both of them are so important <laughs> to everybody out there. Uh, 651-989-9226. We want to take one or two phone calls here before we finish this up. Mike Max in Sports Huddle. Sid Hartman has now approached. He is just we're, we're watching the uh, buffet camera here. Uh, he has butted in line, but he's, he saw it's a salad in front of him. He doesn't want that. So now he's going for, it looks like he's going right to the chef for the roast beef. Y- yes, he is, for sure. And then he's getting a piece of pie over. Okay, yeah, he's got the piece of pie. He's going to start to eat the piece of pie before he even got to the main course. We'll keep you updated on that as well. Stay with us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 